Welcome to RSVP Radio with Brooke podcast, where we keep it real. It's sustainable. Being a mom, a professional, a good human, staying fit, it's a lifestyle and has to be sustainable. Valuable. If it's not going to add some value to your day, you won't find it here. Personal growth, health and wellness, building a community, it's a one-stop shop, y'all. And of course, parties. I'm a certified meeting professional or CMP and have planned major events for 10 plus years, but people basically think I plan parties all day, so we'll go with that. I'll tell you how your parties will be the very best of them all. So this isn't a regular podcast. It's an event you can attend whenever and wherever you have the time. I fully expect you to have a beverage in hand while you're listening because events always have drinks, coffee, tea, water, gotta stay hydrated people. Or if you've somehow gotten through the workday, you've worked out, fed the dog, made dinner, gave the kids a bath, read them a bedtime story, said their prayers, and got said kids to finally snooze, then you should have wine in your hand. So listen in and enjoy the event. Angel Scott. She is a nationally certified personal trainer, holistic nutritionist, and lifestyle expert. And she has a passion for wellness and a mission to share that passion to impact as many lives as possible. So we align in, the, in those regards. And Angel was also named um, a woman to watch by Strong Fitness Magazine and the Future of Fitness by Oxygen Max- Magazine, where her journey and perspective on wellness was featured internationally. Um, as someone living and thriving with Graves' disease, we discuss um, a lot of that within the podcast, but she's become a wellness warrior, and she is dedicated to helping women heal their hormones, improve their gut health, and transform their bodies from the inside out. Um, and with her approach to holistic nutrition and strategic exercise, Angel has taught hundreds of women how to tune into their bodies, be proactive about their wellness, and reclaim their health. Uh, we had a really um, thought-provoking conversation um, and talked about a lot of different aspects of um, healing our bodies from the inside out and what her own journey um, kind of produced from that. So uh, I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you guys do too. All right. Well, I am back here with RSVP Radio with Brooke Podcast and I have the pleasure of having Angel on today from Simply Defined Fitness. How are you doing this morning? I am awesome. How are you, Brooke? Good. We were just chatting in the in the pre-interview kind of about all the crazy that's going on today and um, how we're kind of making the best of it and finding the new normal. So um, I think we're chugging right along and doing the best we can, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's all anybody can do right now. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think our, our, our chat here is very timely for our listeners um, from a holistic health standpoint. So um, if you don't mind, um, I gave a little bit about you in your intro, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, absolutely. And so um, I am a certified, you know, nationally certified personal trainer. I'm a holistic nutritionist with a focus specifically on hormones. Um, and I've been involved in the wellness industry professionally for over 20 years. Um, I come from an athletic background. Uh, I did gymnastics and track and field and martial arts even when I was a kid. Um, So for me, yeah, becoming, you know, a professional wellness person was kind of a natural progression for me. Um, But the majority of the work that I did initially, like early on in my career, involved weight loss. So working with women, helping them lose weight, providing, you know, general holistic um, nutrition, exercise, 
um, and just helping people lose weight. Um, and, you know, went really well, was really successful, loved what I did. Um, but things shifted for me in about 2016. And so that was the year that I was actually diagnosed with Graves' disease. And Graves' disease is a thyroid-related autoimmune disease. And there's a lot of things that happened um, leading up to that diagnosis. But that diagnosis in itself really changed my perspective on the work that I was doing and how I was doing that work. And so I made, um, you know, a hard commitment to change the idea around the way that we focus on health, um, our ideas around health and our ideas around um, the aesthetic of health, right? And what health looks like um, on the outside versus what it actually is for our bodies. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think, um, you know, knowing that what we put into our bodies affects our bodies and what, what, um, you know, everything is made up of has a really significant, um, impact on our overall health and our really, you know, our longevity of life. Um, so I think, uh, that, you know, you know, unfortunately to have that diagnosis, but to have that, that light bulb go off, um, so that you can help other, other folks realize that for themselves is, is really powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. but I I have to ask, what was your, um, what did you do in gymnastics? (laughs) So I actually did artistic gymnastics. So that's oh. like floor, beam, vault. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that everybody knows. <laughs> yes, all the stuff that everybody knows. But that was a very long time ago, Brooke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, but you got you to gotta own it. You know, that's part of who you are. Um, yes. Yeah, that's great. And it takes, it takes some um, true discipline to be a gymnast. I know that. I've known quite a few in my, in my time. But um yeah, so so thank you for that background. I think could you dive a little bit deeper in some of the um, kind of the shifts you made from a nutritional standpoint, um, thinking of maybe how you did prior to your diagnosis, and then how that specifically shifted once you um, kind of made a change in your own health and maybe for for your clients as well. Yeah, and so a really important part of my story actually that I that I didn't share that I, I need to make sure. Um, that I share is the fact that, so I'm Canadian and I actually relocated from Canada to the U.S. I'm now living near Nashville, Tennessee. Um, And just before um, my diagnosis, like I moved here and honestly, I really wasn't that aware of how different things were in terms of food manufacturing Mm -hmm. and the fact that there's so many different chemicals and additives that are approved here in the U.S. that are not in Canada. So that's Mm. the first thing. So, you know, because Canada isn't that far from America. So I just didn't realize that there were those kinds of differences when it comes to, um, you know, the things that are in the food here Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily in Canada. So that's the first thing. And so, um, you know, every single thing, like you mentioned, that we put into our body everything that we put on our body. So um, cosmetics and um, lotions and creams and toothpaste, like all of those things have an impact on our health. 
And so coming from a place where, you know, certain things weren't allowed in products, and then now having my body exposed to these chemicals Mm -hmm. um, and toxins, that definitely had an impact, one that I was not aware of initially. And so for me, the first thing was taking inventory of, okay, what's really going on in terms of, you know, toxic load, like what products, what foods are processed differently here that I have to stay away from. Um, So that's a really big thing. And it's like, you know, reminding people that A, just eating, maybe you, depending on where you live, um, you know, you may be able to get away with not eating organic. If you're, you know, maybe getting your produce from a farm that is, you know, local and all of that type of stuff versus if you're getting it from a huge big box chain grocery store, right? So it's little, little things like that that have an impact on the toxic load of your body. So it's food quality. Look at the way that that food has come to you. So is it coming to a grocery store from you know, a farm that's, I don't know, 12 hours away mm-hmm. versus what's local. Um, if you're eating packaged food, like turn that package around, look at the label, look at the ingredient list. I think um, we get so wrapped up in calories, right? So mm-hmm. people will turn the packaging around to see how many calories are in something that they're eating, you know, how many carbs, how much fat, how much protein but they skip that ingredient list that's mm-hmm. a little bit lower, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's just mm-hmm. taking the time to make sure that you're looking a little bit deeper. Um, but for me, it was really a combination of, again, fine-tuning um, my food choices and being mindful of where things were coming from because of the difference in um, food production in the U.S. versus Canada. And then um, not just food, like I said, cosmetics and all of that kind of stuff, looking for more natural, you know, toxic free cosmetics and lotions and hygiene products. Um, but then another big thing, Brooke, that I think people, you know, myself included, this and this was really the big one for me. Um, all of the stuff outside of what we eat and how we move our bodies that impact our health. Mm-hmm. So now more than ever, so we're <clears throat> dealing with this viral pandemic, the stress involved in just trying to exist and navigate even if you are someone who you know has the um, opportunity to continue working or um, you know doesn't necessarily have some of the big stress triggers that other people have the mere fact that the entire world is dealing with this right now is stressful Mm -hmm. that stress absolutely positively will impact your health if you don't take steps to, to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, that was a really big thing. Um, I didn't acknowledge the fact that relocating to a country where I had no friends, no family other than my husband and his family. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, when I first moved here, um, just trying to navigate my career because I, in Canada, I did this. But when I first moved to Tennessee, fitness and wellness wasn't really a big thing. Sure. So just trying to navigate that and, and not realizing like that is stress. Mm. And my body, my emotions, my brain was like, what the heck is going on? And as opposed to acknowledging it and dealing with it, I was like, oh, I'm okay. 
nope, I'll be fine. Nope, I can do it all. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You know, which a lot of, which a lot of us do. Um, and I think that was a huge thing. So the moment I got diagnosed, um, I was like, okay, let's pause. I did a hard pause. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure. Um, yeah. On every single aspect of my life. Um, I realized how much stress that I was under and that I, you know, that I had kind of swept under the rug. Um, and I just reevaluated. And if something didn't organically feel good to me, or if something was really, really stressful, or if I wasn't looking forward to something, or, you know, and that was a thing, a person, a place, yes. you name it. I was like, it has to go. Um, because, you know, when I, at the time of my diagnosis, my naturopath was like, I don't understand how it is that you are still walking. Most people with your numbers have already died of a heart attack or stroke. Mm. So it was a huge wake up call for me. Um, and like I said, from that point on, I made it my mission to not just change my own lifestyle, but shift the perspective of anyone that I came in contact with. Because at the time, Brooke, if you looked at me, aside from the fact that, I mean, I'm sure my natural path is like, okay, and I've known him for a long time. So he knew um, that maybe, like, I looked okay, but to the average person, I looked healthy. I was lean and muscular. Like, you would never, ever, ever have known that, yeah, I was on the verge of a heart attack or stroke. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so... Yes. So that's why I'm like, okay, ladies, we've got to do something about this idea that health, you know, a healthy body um, or a well body um, looks a certain way because mm -hmm. so many people are sacrificing their health, their happiness and their wellness for a look that translates to, you know, really could be misery, could be fatal. Right. I mean, sure. it sounds like um, far reaching, but it's the truth. So, yes. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. There, I just wrote down probably 10,000 things to follow up from that. <laughs> I'm sitting here like fervently writing notes. Um, but I feel like it's important that we touch on this really quickly. But can you being that from looking at, like you said, looking at you, you probably wouldn't have even known that that was underlying. And especially with everything that's going on right now, people may be just like that walking around, you know, seeming fine. Mm -hmm. There might be something happening, bubbling under the surface if they're not taking care of themselves nutritionally and physically and mentally. Um, can you give us what, what actually prompted you, um, what symptoms were you having that, that kind of led to you finding this diagnosis? Yeah. Um, and so for me and specifically with, um, graves, there's a bunch of symptoms that can happen thyroid related and people experience them differently, but there are mm. a few things that tend to be common. So one of the things that I experienced was, and that I noticed um, was a change in my resting heart rate. Mm. So my resting heart rate was through the roof, like 24 seven, um, being someone that was super active and really, you know, I would say fit. Like I was, I continued even through this whole time. Like I continued to work out six days a week and train really hard and maintain my, um, 
like athletic conditioning, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, walking down the street and being completely winded, that was not normal for me. Mm. So, you know, something as simple as if you're sitting down and you, and you feel like you're gasping for air, like your, your heart rate is elevated, that is definitely a sign that something is going on. The other thing for me was hair loss. I had significant hair loss. Like my hair was falling out like handfuls daily to the point that I actually had this conversation with myself like, okay, so at this rate, I'm not going to have hair. And what am I going to do about that? Wow. Yes. Like a, like that <clears throat> internal conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so yeah, I cannot, like eventually I will not have hair on my head. <laughs> and so, you know, what does that look like for me? So hair loss, again, increase in heart rate. Um, I started to get tremors. So hmm. just like, sh- you know, shaking, yeah, shaky hands. Um, I was, I had a really severe intolerance to heat. I was on fire all the time. Just my body temperature was really, really, really high. Um, So that was another big thing. But the important thing, Brooke, it's so funny. So yes, I had those symptoms. But number one, I explained them away, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There was always a reason why I, you know, like I could rationalize any of those things. Um, But those, I really only got those symptoms toward like very close to my diagnosis. And Mm -hmm. so at the time of my diagnosis, my naturopath suspected that I had been going through this for a number of years, like two years already at that point. Wow. So I, you know, there were subtle things that I had missed years before that, that had, you know, progressively gotten worse. And then, like I said, the big things that I noticed were at the point where I was on the verge of thyroid storm. Mm. So that's why it's important to pay attention early on to the subtle things. And a lot of times, you know, people have to remember by the time our body signals us, especially in that way. So by the time I got the, the symptoms that were really, really noticeable, that was my body screaming mm-hmm. on a million, right? Before then, years before, it had been whispering, little whispers, like, hey, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. And I missed those, or I dismissed those, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So, yeah, that's why I just feel like it's really important for people, even if you think you feel well, right? You feel well, um, it's still important to take time um, to be preventative, so that you're not reacting to a diagnosis. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I, that's, it's so important. We're just, we, we live in a culture of, I feel like reactive rather than preventative and, um, yes. you know, changing that narrative has been really important in my own life and then, you know, hopefully others as well, but I, which I'm sure you've experienced, but, um, yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to point that out to, to some folks who, you know, may be going through something similar or, you know, at least have started to get those inklings of something's just not right here to, to listen. Um, yeah. I, I did another podcast actually talking about food allergies, um, with, with, um, one of, uh, one of my friends from, um, the faster way and, and through Instagram and, um, her, her little one, one of her kids has a food allergy and she was describing, you know, we just kept pushing and being an advocate because something just wasn't right. And I I think there's something to be said for that. 
Um, okay. Yeah, so absolutely. And I think, sorry, I just want to just, no, sure, sure. Um, I think too, especially when it comes to thyroid, because there's so many, um, like I said, symptoms and people experience symptoms in different ways. Sometimes, um, sometimes doctors, traditional, traditional medical doctors can be dismissive, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So it's really important to be your own advocate. Like you said, if you feel, if you feel like something is off and you bring that to the attention of your healthcare provider and they are not, um, you know, they're not someone that's going to help get, help you get to the root of it, find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, that's, I really encourage people to do that. You know, if if you feel, you know, differences in your energy levels, if you're exhausted all the time, like it's not normal to feel exhausted all the time. I think that's something that we kind of live with. And it's like, oh, well, I'm busy. So that's normal. Oh, you know, I'm running after the kids all day. So that's normal. It's not normal. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, if you're bringing those kinds of concerns um, to your healthcare provider and you're not getting support or answers, um, I absolutely encourage people to be their own advocates and find someone who will listen to you and find someone who will help you. Amen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Um, and I just want to touch on one more thing because I feel like it's worth mentioning as well before we get into the crux. You just brought up so many good little nuggets that like I said I wrote down. Um, but going back to your point about reading labels, like, yes, the calories are big and bolded at the top of a box, um, but they're not the end all be all. And it's just such a, again, changing the narrative of how we've been taught and it's to no one's fault. It's just the generation before us. That's what they were taught to look at or even maybe not look at um, or all to care about, I guess. Um, So reading those labels and if there's more than 10, you know, ingredients in there that you can't pronounce, it likely probably isn't a good thing to buy. Um, and probably less ingredients than that you would probably say, but, um, I, you know, just start, just start somewhere with those things. I would encourage those that are listening, um, because it's so important. Um, I've, I've said this many times, but you know, we are a household that generally tends to give up gluten. And then, um, myself and my daughter, um, we, we don't have any dairy. Um, and that kind of started, you know, two years or so ago, but she was having a lot of, a lot of watery and gunky eyes and runny nose and just like constant. I always said she had a runny nose longer in her life than, than the days that she didn't have one. Um, and you know, someone suggested, well, you give up dairy. Why don't, why don't you try it with her? And I thought, oh, duh. And so, um, it's made a huge difference, but because I'm a little bit more cognizant because it's not just about me, it's about her. Um, I'm reading labels even more carefully and you would be surprised at the, the things that you would not think that there is dairy in it. There is dairy. Um, or it was processed in a facility that had milk products in it, even though it may not have directly been processed with dairy in. Um, so I, I just think it's worth mentioning to your point, really getting into those labels and starting somewhere and at least starting to look at those things. Absolutely. Um, the other thing, you know, Brooke, just touching on that is that people have to remember that the way that food is manufactured now is different than it was a hundred years ago. Yes. Right. So whereas, you know, your grandmother or great grandmother could eat, I don't know, let's say a pasta that was like, just made with whole ingredients and, you know, versus now because 
of the food, the business of food manufacturing, right? Um, just things are made differently. And that's why our bodies, you know, don't know what to do with these, what I call food-like products. So it's not necessarily food, right? but it's food-like products. And so, yeah, it's just really important for people, like you said, to just look at the ingredients. I'm more of the um, idea that, you know, if you can't pronounce it at all, then you shouldn't eat it because that means you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what it is, you don't know how your body will respond to it. So, you know, if there's something, let's say that you do like to eat and you can't pronounce an ingredient that's on the label, write it down, take a screenshot, look it up, Google it before you eat it. And you'd be surprised because a lot of times, you know, what looks like some fancy schmancy word that you can't pronounce is actually you know, some sawdust that they use as a stabilizer or like just, you know, there's so many crazy things and that's a completely, you know, different conversation, but um, yeah, just, you know, I really encourage people to take time um, and to be open because nowadays there's so many alternatives, right? Like we don't have to um, drink cow's milk. We we don't have to because there's all these amazing, yummy you know, non-dairy alternatives out there that's easy to get. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, you had to go through a lot to get almond milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or to find almond milk, right? Exactly. But now, every, anywhere that sells any kind of groceries has some type of alternative. So yeah, be open, try new things and, and see how your body responds. And like I said, the biggest thing is if there's anything on a food package that you don't, um, that's not familiar to you or you can't pronounce, take a screenshot, Google it. There's no harm in that, right? Gain some knowledge um, and yeah, maybe make a better decision next time. Yes. Yes. All about progress and tomorrow's a new yes. day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about um, some of your specifically centered work, but um, you kind of do a lot of um, focusing on the gut and talking about how it's mm-hmm. kind of the center of that balanced hormone profile. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And so, um, yeah, I I feel like a lot of people don't realize that our gut and basically our body's ability to process the the food that we eat, right? It all happens through digestion and through our gut. And if that balances off, so things like the good bacteria versus bad bacteria. So if that balance is off, that's going to affect everything from our skin, our nails, our hair, our um, immune system. I mean, everything, everything that you can think of is tied to our gut, our mood, everything. And so, yeah, it's just making sure that A, the bacterial balance um, is there. And then another thing that people don't realize, I think people think that just because we eat something and it goes, you know, goes into our stomach and to our colons, depending on your particular um, makeup, Maybe you have regularity when it comes to bowel movements, but um, you know if we are if we are not processing that food properly from the time that it hits our tongue to the time that it comes out, um, you can have food sitting in your gut for years, mm. years, and it rots. Oh, so just think of that. Think of think of everything you've eaten in the last ten years. Oh my! And so if <laughs> right. And so if your digestive system isn't in check, if your gut health isn't in check, that stuff will sit there. Mm. 
And then depending on the um, state of your gut lining, that will determine if that food that's been sitting there actually stays there or if it leaks into your bloodstream and causes havoc. And mm. so when it comes to, um, yeah, just chronic illness and stuff, a lot of times people don't realize that it's their gut health that or their lack thereof, I should say, um, that's really the epicenter of everything. And so when you get to the root of that, you would be surprised how many different aspects of your health change. Um, so that's really, really why it's become something that's so important for me, especially as someone living with an autoimmune disease, because mm -hmm. research has now shown that autoimmune diseases are linked to um, gut health because over 70% of our immune system is in our gut, right? So, mm. so yes, I, um, that is one of the first things that I focus on with my clients now at this point is we get to the root of, you know, digestion and gut health, because once that is in check, everything else eventually starts to function better. Yes. I think that I was pretty uneducated when it came to gut health until I was pregnant. And um, the strep B test that they do, my chiropractor actually, this is when I was kind of just first getting into and being introduced to holistic medicine and, and really not just going with the flow and doing what Western medicine tells me to do. Um, and uh, which is not all bad, you know, but of course there are, are alternatives. And anyway, um, you know, she said, make sure you're on a good probiotic so that when that time comes that, you know, everything will be fine. Long story short, I ended up having have a C-section anyway because she was breached. So it was kind of a moot point. Um, but I did test positive for the strep B because I didn't have good gut health, um, mm -hmm. but didn't have to have the antibiotic because she was born via C-section. But, um, you know, since then we have committed as a family to all be on a probiotic. Um, we, you know, my husband and I are on one and then even the little is on, is on one as well. Um, just cause she had a lot of tummy troubles when she was little because, um, you know, she didn't get all the good gut flora or the flora coming, coming out of, um, uh, as in a, in a normal vaginal delivery. Um, so, she had a lot of issues. So I think it didn't really come to light for me until that point. But I know now that we are on one that it does help tremendously. I've, you know, just being regular, as you were saying, um, and knowing that that's our f kind of one of our first lines of defense when it comes to having good immunity and having a good immune system um, is having that gut health in check. And I can tell if I, <laughs> um, you know, especially with the gluten and dairy, again, as well, having that back in, sometimes I can tell that I, I've, you know, overdone it. And now I feel like things are off balance and, you know, kind of have to give myself a little bit of a reset. Um, but yes, I, I think it, it's so important. Um, do you, what are some of the things that you tell women if they are hearing this for the first time or, um, you know, some of your clients as you walk them through the process, what are some of the first steps that they can take to heal their gut and start, start working towards a better balance? Yeah, I think the very the first thing and the easiest thing for most people is to just start to um, eliminate some of the common um, like food allergens. And it's funny because um, I know most people listening will be like, "Well, I don't have any food allergies, right? right? Like I've been tested. I don't. I don't have any food allergies." But the fact is, there are um, foods that are um, kind of more disruptive to the gut 
Mm-hmm. And so even if you don't have a diagnosed food allergy, removing things like dairy, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, um, corn, oh, wheat, gluten, yes, um, gluten, like you mentioned, wheat, soy, and sugar. Those are the things that are really um, disruptive to, to the gut and are allergy promoting within the body. And so, yeah, that's like a really simple thing that most people can do. You don't necessarily have to do them all at once. That would be awesome. But mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. you're maybe you're easing into this. So pick one. Maybe it's dairy. Maybe you're going to swap out your regular milk um, for, you know, some almond milk um, or coconut milk and try that out. See how that feels. See how you can work that into your day to day. You'd be surprised. They have some amazing flavors of all yes. those <laughs> dairy free um, milks nowadays. But yes, I would just say progressively try to eliminate those things and see how you feel. I don't know of anyone who's eliminated those things and have felt worse. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you you don't know until you try either because, and it's almost kind of, you know, one of those things, you know, when kids are little, they say, you know, give them a little bit of of each thing to see if they're, if they have a reaction and then, you know, maybe test it again later on. It's kind of the same thing. As I mentioned, you know, I can tell when I am not, when I am irregular and when I feel a little blah, um, is typically yes. when I've reintroduced a heavy amount of gluten or a heavy amount of dairy um, or a heavy amount of sugar back into my diet for whatever reason. And then I'm like, okay, yep, that's definitely it. You almost have to, like you said, progressively find ways that you can maybe make swaps or make changes um, and then figure out if you reintroduce them, you're like, oh, yep, that's definitely what it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I, I think it's important for people to hear to just start um, yes, and, fi- and just start simple. Start with, with something that you think um, would you be able to do in the here and now. Yeah. And keep in mind, you know, a lot of people um, may, that may be listening to this might be thinking, you know, oh, but I've, I've been a milk drinker. Like I grew up drinking milk and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fine and I, I've never noticed a reaction. Well, the truth is um, just because we've been continually exposing our body to certain um, ingredients or toxins or chemicals, whatever the situation, um, it doesn't mean that our bodies are not sensitive to that thing. It just means that we've developed um, almost like, I like to call it um, almost like a like an armor, mm-hmm. right? Where I was going like, to say okay, shield. A custom- <laughs> yeah. Yes, like you're mm-hmm. accustomed to how your body feels in that, right? So let's talk about dairy, for example. So if you've grown up um, drinking regular milk, you don't know what it feels like to not have that in your body. So the inflammation that comes with it, the extra mucus that comes with mm-hmm. it, you, you're accustomed to that. So it's not, it does, it's not a normal for you to not have those things. It's only when you take it out of your day to day that you're like, Hmm, I'm breathing a little better or "Hmm, it's allergy season. And I'm not quite as bad when it comes to all of the allergy Mm -hmm. symptoms. Um, so yeah. So like I said, again, even if you are someone who has never been diagnosed with any type of food allergy, and even if you've gone your entire life eating things and have never noticed, you know, any impact, try it. What's the harm in trying, right? Try it for a couple of weeks. Try it out. Right. Yes. There's no I, harm in that. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, 
I'm still trying to get my husband to give up the milk. <laughs> really? <laughs> he's like, and the he, he's he's the one we buy the dairy for. So, um, but yeah, he he'll he'll do his own thing. He'll get there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to circle back really quickly before, kind of with the with the idea of starting somewhere. Can you give? You talked about clean beauty and like some of the toxins and having to shift from you know when you were in Canada to here. Can you talk about um, just some simple ways that 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 listeners can can maybe implement some of those things? Maybe what you did when you started um, here in the states, and maybe some examples of some of your clean clean products that you like. Yeah, so um, it's funny because honestly, Brooke, I'm not um, I'm not a like a producty person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even when it comes to yeah, so even when it comes to um, things like, for example, um, like skin lotion, and I know mm-hmm. this is gonna sound crazy to some people, but I I use coconut oil. So I like use coconut oil, like coconut oil, as in the one you get from the grocery store that's organic, like the same, like just your regular, you know, like coconut the cooking oil. kind. <laughs> well, yeah, they have, yeah. yeah, the cooking kind that's like organic, yeah, mm-hmm. like coconut oil. I use it on my skin. I use it in my hair. Oh, that's awesome. I use it, yeah, I use it on my teeth, like I gargle with it. So it's like, I'm not like a huge producty person in that uh-huh. way. Um, but I've found ways to just use like real stuff, honestly. That's great. Um, I will say when it comes to, um, let's say like toothpaste, there's a great brand called, I say Jason, but I feel like it's just on. Yeah, it's, I've it's heard of that one. Jason, mm-hmm. yes. But it has um, some unique little, I don't know what what um, language it is but I'll call it Jason okay perfect um and I love yes I love them because they have like fluoride free Mm -hmm. um SLS free toothpaste so that's one thing that um I switched but like I said I I kind of switched everything from my toothpaste even that's something that people don't realize right that traditional toothpaste um has fluoride and I know that there's mixed emotions about fluoride because when you go to the dentist that's mm-hmm. the thing they ask you is like oh do you want a fluoride treatment today um but what people don't realize is that you know fluoride is actually a thyroid suppressant mm-hmm. that's actually what it was made for <laughs> is to um yeah to suppress thyroid so um like I said, toothpaste. I use coconut oil for everything. That's good to know, you know though. I mean, some people, I know, but people are probably like, what the heck? But I do. And it's, you know, again, because of the fact that whatever we put on our skin eventually makes it into our bloodstream. So I'm just uber cautious of that. And it's easy. It's so easy. <laughs> Yeah. And especially, you know, facial products, like, you know, there's so much, it just, I mean, like you said, it goes on your skin, it goes right in your bloodstream. I think you made a good point. Um, the things to look for, like the fluoride free, especially for toothpaste. And you're right. Even my little one, they said, okay, yeah, she's good for toothpaste. Make sure it's got some fluoride in it. And I'm thinking, no, we won't do that. Um, and then, and I, I love our dentist and, um, the SLS and the parabens, making sure it's paraben free. I kind of, I started this, um, you know, kind of, I was overwhelmed and kind of paralyzed by trying to start 
um, doing some of these things, even though I know I needed to. I read The Rain Barrel Effect by um, Dr. Stephen Cabral, and it mm-hmm. was really easy to read and was like, okay, I can do this. He makes this sound simple to me. Um, and so yeah. we started with those things and then looked at shampoo and conditioner. And again, it's a little bit of trial and error. Like what I was using as one of the clean products did not agree with my hair, probably because my hair is used to all the other junk, yes. but I kind of gave it some time and it still didn't really kind of even out. So I, I'm going to try a different, a different cleaner product, you know, um, but dishwasher tablets and detergent and dryer sheets, like those are all little areas. Yes. If you just wanted to chip away at it, I just, I wanted to make that point since you brought it up earlier, that kind of along the same thing that we're talking about with these labels, um, those toxin free or, or much less toxic, um, items are a good way to start doing that too. Yeah, and there's actually this cool little app. It's called, I believe it's ERW. I will send it to you. Oh yeah, I'll um, put that in the where show you notes. Can, yes, um, where you can. It's a free app. You can you can either scan or type in different products, and That's it great. rates them um, on a level of like you know really like safe versus not so much um, based on toxins and chemicals in the products. And so, yeah, that could be a really great resource for people who um, maybe want to see how what they currently are using lines up in terms of clean products. Type it in there and see how they rate it. And and the good thing about it is it also tells you why, Um, like why it's not necessarily recommended as clean by them. So yeah, I'll I'll be sure to send that to you, but it's a really easy way for people to, um, to check on, you know, products that they're using now, or if they're looking for cleaner versions, um, they can type it in there. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to, like I said, I'll link that in the show notes and I need something that like that in my own life too. Um, (laughs) okay. So two more questions before we run out of time here. So, um, let's talk supplements a little bit. We know that we want to do most of this holistically and as naturally with whole foods and the way that we treat our, our bodies as possible. Um, what is your advice on supplements for women? Supplements for women. So my biggest advice would be a to not take a um, like a one size fits all approach kind of thing because everyone's body is unique. Like we talked about, everyone's digestive um, systems and gut health is unique. Um, and so you know, I feel like there's this idea that okay, everybody should be taking A B C D E F G, right? And that's mm-hmm. not the case. So I really encourage people. Um, to look at supplements just like they would look at their nutrition and to try to deal specifically with what it is that their bodies need. Um, You know, some really basic things that can help most people fill in some gaps is a really good multivitamin, a really good multimineral. Um, I think most people need um, a vitamin D3. Mm -hmm. Um, support. I think most people need antioxidant support. So really good quality vitamin C, um, a really good quality fish oil. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, aside from that, everything else is really should be looked at more from, um, you know, customized approach as to what it is that your body needs. I think a lot of people have nutrient deficiencies that they're not aware of. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
yeah, you just want to make sure that you're dealing specifically with what it is that your body needs. And if you're not sure, um, there's a couple of, you know, at home things that you can do, but ask your doctor to do a full panel mm-hmm. um, and, and check, at, you know, what your levels are for some basic vitamins and, and then fill those in based on those results. But the best way is, like I said, blood work that will tell you the real deal on what it is that your body needs. Um, and then, like I said, a good way to cover some bases for most people is just multi-mineral, multivitamin, um, you know, antioxidant support, um, anti-inflammatory stuff. But yeah, there's not, I don't like to do like Everybody should be taking a million sure. things. Mm-hmm. Um, my preference is for sure to get most nutrients from food. Um, but I also recognize that that's not always possible for, for people because sometimes that means you'd be eating all day. 24-7, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, just, just some basics. Um, a probiotic, depending. I don't always recommend a probiotic because depending on what people have going on with their um, guts, Adding that that extra bacteria, even if it is good, specific strains, and depending on the probiotics that you take and what strains that it has, it could actually negatively affect some people. Mm. So, yeah, like I said, that's why it's really important to just make sure that you're approaching things from a more personalized, customized, what your body needs um, versus, you know, a one-size-fits-all. Yes, definitely. And I, I actually had blood work drawn, I think it was a year and a half ago, because I just didn't have any sort of starting point. And it was really mm. beneficial because the things that I thought maybe I was deficient in, I really wasn't. But then the normal yes. things like you mentioned, you know, vitamin D, um, just some of the things that we naturally, it's just a little bit more difficult to get enough of, but at least yes. baseline. Um, and then mm-hmm. I could supplement from there and make adjustments. I had just, um, I had just kind of recently still been in I think maybe six months postpartum. And, um, so I still had, um, some elevated, um, I needed magnesium to kind of, kind of decrease my, um, blood pressure that was kind of high. Um, but, and that helped and I I don't take that any longer. So, um, just, just finding ways, like you said, to make it definitely personalized to you. I couldn't recommend the, the blood work more. Yes. And just adding on to that, something that you just mentioned too, that's really important because if you know if you find yourself taking something and you don't necessarily know that you are let's say deficient if you're taking mm-hmm. too much so even vitamins and minerals can we can take too much and, and develop toxicity in the body so it's really important again for people to look at specifically what it is that they that they need because you don't want to be in a position where you're taking too much of something and then that creates um, issues down the line exactly all right. Last question. This has been so good. Um, <laughs> so what lasting advice here can you give women who may feel overwhelmed on where to make changes in any of these areas? If they're struggling with their just not feeling okay, or like we mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, constantly exhausted, or they just aren't sure what to eat or how to look for clean products. Like where, where can you give them a starting point to just say, start here? Um, I would say, honestly, like the easiest thing, and I'm all about, I'm all about simplicity. Hence the reason my business is called Simply mm-hmm. Divine mm-hmm. Fitness, because I understand the, the, um, fact that it can be overwhelming. There is so much information out there. 
there are so many quote unquote experts out mm-hmm. there. Um, and a lot of times their ideas are conflicting, right? So it's like, do you eat all the calories and none of the fat? Do you eat all of the carbs and none of the fat? Like there's so many ideas around um, nutrition and exercise and all of the things. So I would recommend for anyone that is wanting to, you know, start the process of, of, you know, making better decisions or feeling better to A, look at um, yourself in terms of, I call it like just a scan, right? Like scan your body, take a moment every day to just kind of scan and um, take inventory of how you're feeling, right? So anything from your mood to your physical body, you know, if you're achy, if you're tired, um, if you're sad all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So just kind Mm -hmm. of take inventory of what's going on with you because I feel like, you know, especially before now, I mean, now we're on stay-at-home orders and it's kind of forced people to slow down. But I feel like before this time, you know, myself included, we were in or are in this go, 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 Mm -hmm. go, go mode that, um, yeah, just allows us to ignore ourselves, right? So A, take time, acknowledge yourself, what's going on with you? How are you feeling both physically, mentally, emotionally? Um, And then make it a priority to do one thing, one thing, even if it's a month, right? It doesn't have to be one thing a day, one thing a week. Even if it's one thing, make a decision to do one thing, commit to, to doing that one thing, that's going to help you feel better. That may be, um, you know, like we said, ditching your traditional milk for a plant-based milk for a month. Try it out. That might mean, you know what? I, I work out seven days a week, twice a day. Swap that out. Maybe you're going to do that workout once a day. Mm-hmm. You know, a little more intensity, but shorter once a day. Like just look for an opportunity to make a change that you know is going to um, help you in some way, just commit to it. It's so different for everybody. Um, yeah. So it's just, like I said, take time with yourself, acknowledge what's going on with you, both physically, mentally, and then make the commitment to change one thing. You know, for me, when I was first diagnosed with graves, my one thing was like, okay, I need to evaluate, um, the things that literally make me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So and says, yes. yeah. And I mean, I, it was all the things. It was work. It was clients. It was my marriage. It was my friendships. It was my work. Right. So mm-hmm. just take inventory, make a commitment. And if you need help, ask for help. Yes, 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 yes. You know, reach out to a friend or reach out to somebody that you trust that might be more knowledgeable, specifically in the area that you're dealing with. And ask for help, ask for advice. Yep. Yep. Oh, this was so great. Thank you so much for all of this um, great information. I feel like um, our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this, especially now um, during this time when, you know, our health is a little bit more at the forefront than maybe it was before. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, for being on the show. Thanks so much, Brooke. I had so much fun chatting with you. Yeah, it was so fun. And before I forget, let us know where, let listeners know where they can find you on the internet space. (laughs) Yes. So you can find um, information, a little bit more info about me and what it is that I do on my website. It's simplydefinedfitness.com. 
Um, and then of course I'm on Instagram and Facebook, both at simply defined fitness. Perfect. And I will link that in the show notes as well. So, all right. Well, thank you again. And I'm sure we'll be chatting soon. Yes. Thanks again, Brooke. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.